0: Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or an overly obnoxious morning person, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Every Day a Monday. And in the trenches with me today, I have a very special guest. He's the author of the books The Pastor's Kid and The Curious Christian. He's a co-host of the Happy Rant podcast, and I believe you are a die-hard Minnesota Vikings fan. I have Mr. Barnabas Piper with me today.
1: Barnabas, how are you doing, sir? I was doing great right up until you mentioned Monday Morning People and uh, and yeah. the Vikings. Those are two <laughs> two two things that regularly just rip my heart out. So, is
0: there any other kind of Vikings fan other than a diehard Vikings fan? Like, is well, there like? I feel like if you have to be a Vikings fan,
1: you got to be all in, man. Yeah, if if you want to be a fan for more than about two or three seasons like if you're a die easy (laughs) fan then you know you stick around for a couple seasons you go oh that's how this works uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch a different sport um or root for a different team but yeah like bowling yeah (laughs) if like me you grew up in minneapolis and you could actually hear the cheering from the metrodome which no longer exists from your front yard uh yeah you just the purple glow sort of surrounds you and Mm. for better and lots of worse
0: yeah, 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 growing up really not having a choice, right Oh man, so alright, well Barnes, before we get going here man If you'd not mind giving our listeners just a short bio of who you are Just kind of uh, who you are, what you do uh, yeah. for a living I know that you just recently had a job change from many years in the publishing mm-hmm. realm Into more of a a ministry role, uh, so just give us a little bit about you man
1: Yeah, I. Uh, so I, like I mentioned I grew up in Minneapolis, uh, dad's a pastor there and for, I don't know who your listeners are, but his name is John Piper, if anybody knows who that is. Yeah. Um, and,
0: and yes, yes, it, it is. It
1: is the John Piper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I figured I'd just put that out there rather than, you know, if somebody was wondering. So that was my upbringing, um, by and large, very happy upbringing. Although being a pastor's kid does have its challenges. Uh, yes, that's, it that's why I wrote a book about it. Um, but love the church growing up. It was kind of my my base of operations, my family, um, and so that was you know came to faith early. Um, went to Wheaton College, so moved to Illinois, stayed in the area after college. Um, got married uh, right after school. Had two daughters. Worked in publishing for oh let's see, probably about eight years there. Um, and so between Crossway Books and Moody Publishers, with another job in between. And then moved to Nashville in 2013. Um, sadly, uh, my marriage came to an end in 2016. That's that's a whole other story. But uh, sure. Um. Sure. So still, so I'm still in the Nashville area. As is okay. my ex-wife, and so my daughters are with me most of the time, or half the time. And uh, so you know as as god has been gracious that's been good because it means that they they still get to be part of the church family that i'm part of now which is Emmanuel right. Nashville um and and still get to be very much part of their life and be a, be a a real dad, not sort of a distant dad or a, you know, the visitation thing, which can be really, really tough. So that's been good. But yeah, so I, I worked at Lifeway and B&H Publishers. So that's the book publishing part of Lifeway for about six years, uh, doing a couple different roles, church leadership development, marketing, um, some product development. And then just at the beginning of August, um, made the change from Lifeway and publishing to move on staff at Emanuel, to be the director for community, which is largely focused on small group ministry, but also just broader community within the church. So, um, how are we? How are we connecting with new people? How are we? How is the life of the church working? That's kind of the bigger vision. Very cool. Yeah, that's sort of the that's the short version of, of life. Cool.
0: Well, that's great, man. Well, congrats on the new job. That's that's really neat. And uh, how has it been being uh, being being a, a a congregational member there? at a church where Ray Orland's preaching cuz that guy that guy's a preacher man. I yeah. like I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, so I I've talked to a handful of people on staff and just around the church and I, you know having having been around so much preaching in my life, you know, so sure. I grew up yeah. under my dad's preaching, then in the Christian Publishing World I was at multiple conferences every year. So I just heard like the buffet of great preachers out there and as well as a buffet of not great preachers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like in most cases I can, I can listen to a sermon and go, I understand how they put this together. I've, I know his process because, because I've kind of seen how he does it, but that doesn't, that doesn't equate to what happens on a Sunday morning. There's just a unique gift and anointing there. Um, But I will say this, the, so I walked into Emmanuel and, just over two years ago, summer of 2017, and yeah. was just at a very tired, worn out, burned down kind of place in life, personally, sure. spiritually. And I walked into Emmanuel and Ray wasn't there, which was maybe the best thing because i discovered that this is a, a whole church, not a church built around a single person, sure. which is great. But the the welcome that is consistent at Emmanuel starts with, you know, to all who are weary, come. And, and, and so... It, they basically just sort of threw down the, the gauntlet of welcome and said, well, this is who we are. Right. Which then put me in a position to go, okay, now prove it. And over the course of the next several months, just time and again, they did, especially, I mean, Ray's preaching, TJ's preaching their, the, the pastoral care, everything. And so it, it's one of the best churches I have experienced in terms of seeing how grace extends from the preaching of the word into the way that, uh, people are cared for into the life of the community, the honesty between believers, the, the grace shown for those who are struggling, whether it's struggling with sin or struggling with fatigue or doubt or whatever it is. Um, a lot of people land there needing a place to heal and, and God uses the church to help them. So it's, it's a unique place that way, which is, which is why I was happy to end up on staff there. i most churches I would not be dying to end up on staff at. Like, I was not – I didn't have an aspiration of being in vocational sure. church ministry. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. this church, this context, especially given the role it's played in my life, mm. uh, it's it's been a it, – it's just sort of a, a unique – I feel like I – I don't know. I feel like I'm cheating every day because I'm like, I don't – I don't feel <laughs> I like I'm
0: like, I actually like what I do. I, I know. Like I actually I mean, like and,
1: working, and, and right? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I liked what I did in publishing, but it was very clearly like, this is my work. Right. And at manual right. it's more like, these are just my people – yeah and i i do things to help the people and that does it feels very different than like project work or selling work or development sure. work it's just sure. and that, that's not to disparage it's just a very different kind of context unique yeah. to to it being my home church uh yeah if you're ever visiting nashville you you listeners uh you just go to emmanuelnashville.com, and we would love to have you swing by and visit there if we you're go looking for a church or if you move to town like everybody else seems to be doing i think there's like 47 yeah. <laughs> new people a day who moved to nashville so
0: that's right it's either you, seattle or nashville like for some reason right
1: yeah i think nashville's sort of on the seattle pace just a few years behind in that it was sort of like this this cool regional city that is now becoming a high-priced like regional hub mm, where yeah. you know with with traffic to yeah, you know, well, to, well, it's, to make to make you want to leave sometimes, <laughs>
0: right? Well, it's turning into like everybody who wants some sort of career in music and is horrible at it goes to Nashville. Anybody who wants some sort of career in like coffee making goes to Seattle and they're horrible at it, <laughs> right?
1: I'll trade you some That's, bad musicians for some bad coffee people just hey, to kind of even deal. things out. I mean, okay, yeah, we'll send some people down your way. Yeah, we've got plenty. I don't, it's like it's like trading late draft picks in the NFL. It's like I don't know. One man's trash is another man's trash. Here you go. <laughs> that's right. It's all gonna suck, and
0: a- anyway, that's okay. Let's just let's just go with it. So, uh, Barnabas, uh, what what ways there? We already talked about some things that you appreciate about Emmanuel. Uh, ways that that you're plugged in. What ways would you say Emmanuel does a good job in facilitating and encouraging? getting plugged into community there and getting plugged into service. It sounds like that's kind of, it's kind of your job. So, right. so yeah. basically I'm asking like,
1: yeah, you know, you how, know good, tell, how good are tell you tell us, at your yeah, job? Tell us why we yeah. should hire you Barnabas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the time um, when I came to Emmanuel, there was just a, there was a, an MO among the people of, of being very welcoming, which I think has continued as the church grows. It gets more challenging because it's just easy to overlook people. It's easy. You know, you the bigger a church gets, the smaller the circles of people get who know each other. Sure. Um, they they have a midweek men's and women's, I say they, we, have a midweek men's and women's theology, which is a time of studying the word, um, honest and open, you know, confession and prayer with other people. Mm-hmm. In Not in the classic accountability group way, where it's like we all come and talk about everybody. how we we looked at porn again this week and we say we probably shouldn't do that and then we go and just well let's meet back same time same place and everybody talk about it again sits, next week
0: everybody sits in a circle yeah bad coffee and we're all awkwardly talking yeah this is
1: this had a very distinctly different feel which is you come and the context is such that we want to make it the safest place possible for people to confess or unburden themselves of anything. So I've talked to guys about same sex attraction and broken marriages and mm-hmm. job loss and suicidal thoughts and whatever, like the yeah. full spectrum. But then what happens is all, all you do is pray for them. Now, maybe out of that, after that, you, you say, let's grab lunch sometime. And it develops right. into a relationship, something that's mutually beneficial. But in the context, it's just that. That was really helpful because it, it was a it was a context that that helped me realize that there is a culture of respect and safety, Mm -hmm. but also brutal honesty. And Mm -hmm. the idea that if you're struggling, the idea is we want you to be able to struggle. We also don't want you to stay in your struggle, which is I think a lot of churches, if they lean on, lean into the grace of you can bring your questions, you can bring your struggles are not often pushing people to then grow as believers to, Mm -hmm. to grow in sanctification. And that was, you know, that was there here. So there was a, you know, we, we want you to move from a place of brokenness to a place of healing, from a place of struggle to a place of wholeness and strength, et cetera. So it, the bigger right. the church, the less things happened accidentally, you know, the less you yep. accidentally connect with somebody, you accidentally make a friend, the less you run into an opportunity, you there kind of have to be created and intentional opportunities if you want to be part of this thing. And you get to know people, you get plugged in, you get, you become, right. and then, and like in the men's thing, I just sort of slowly became more invested, spoke more often in terms of just participation, was then asked, would you, what about, what about leading this once a month? Sure. Sure. Which was a bait and switch. Cause by once a month, he meant do that for <laughs> two months and then it's just, you just take over, you just lead the thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. The, and that's just, that's just sort of the way it happened, which again, for me was wonderful because- I didn't have aspirations. And if I had had aspirations to lead, I don't think I would have trusted them because I don't trust my own ego. And (laughs) I, I know that the Bible says, you know, it is a good thing to aspire to the position of elder or pastor. Right. I know that's true. Yeah. I know that in my heart, that aspiration usually, um, or is often mixed with, a sense of I like being up front, I like being in charge, I like whatever mm-hmm. that is, which I'm especially seeing the way a lot of church leaders have fallen in the last few years right uh, right i'm I'm very nervous and conscientious about pride and ego yeah the the way that that all lined up was something that God did I'm glad I was open to it that's that's a softening of the heart uh yeah. and then and then opportunities coming to me as people observe things, as opposed to me kind of forcing the issue. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. And I want to, I want to touch on something that, that you mentioned earlier. How would you, how would you go about, <clears throat> um, cause I guess, I guess it does fall under your job description. How would you go about, uh, encouraging somebody who comes to you or, or you come to them and you realize that either by, either for reasons of ignorance or mm-hmm. for some other perhaps more sinister reason, I don't know, some more personal reason, they don't want to put the work into getting plugged in a church, right, where they have the opportunity, um, but they don't see the value in serving. They don't yeah. see the value in, in joining a small group. Uh, they don't see the value in getting plugged into the community there. How would you go about encouraging them um, and, 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 and starting – starting to build that foundation of why
1: it's important to do yeah. that. I mean, on a one-to-one basis, it really depends on what the motivation is behind their reluctance yep. or their lack of motivation to to get plugged right. in. So I had a conversation with a guy a couple <laughs> weeks ago, so sort of right after I started. It was one of those like, oh, you're the small groups guy? I have a question for you. And he, sure. it was sort of a posed as a challenge, which, okay. again... Which is
0: always I, a great way to start a right. convo. And right, and, yeah. and especially <laughs> for somebody like
1: me who tends to rise to challenges in a, I'm going to win type of way, which is not a, that's not helpful at all in these contexts. Um, that's not
0: not helpful in ministry. What? Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: Shocker. Right. Um, but he was basically like, look, I serve in these areas in the church, you know, volunteer in these ways. I get together with these guys on Friday mornings for, uh, you know, studying the word, just like prayer whatever. Uh, and I've got this group of friends who are, you know, the, I have community in the church, but it's not like a small group. And he's basically like, what do I need small groups for? It was hard for me not to just immediately fire back so that you're not a selfish jerk. <laughs> um, which is the which was my which gut, is
0: technically the answer <laughs> right? It was my
1: gut instinct to just sort of slap him down. Um, right. So this is a moment of me confessing my heart to the yeah. podcast audience who doesn't know me because that's the right yeah. place to confess, right? Oh, um,
0: yeah, it's really the only place if you think about it. Yeah, yeah it's no, the only place to do it. W- the
1: conversation I had I had to I kind of had to rein myself in was basically trying to help him see that participation in community is not for you only. Like, if it's not right. benefiting you at all, maybe it's a bad community. Maybe your heart has some issues. Right. But if you are disinclined to be in it at all, that, that means that you are not considering how the life of the body works. Mm. Like, right. people in a potential small group for this guy and his wife would benefit from their presence. Right They would benefit right. from the conversations he has on Friday mornings with those men, the friendships he has with those people, what comes out of those that life that spiritual life that that enjoyment whatever that yeah. that needs to feed back into the church um so that's one kind of motivation is the like is it a selfish motivation? I just don't need this, I have other opportunities right. um I think the other i think there's a there another very common reluctance motivation is. It's awkward and scary. Okay. And yep. and that's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Walking into a new group, it's basically like blind dating a group of people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you, you go to the sign up thing <laughs> and they put you in the you know, you get sort of like directed to a, a small group leader. He's like, Man, we that's meet right. on Tuesdays at seven. We'd love to have you. We meet at this person's house. You're like, I don't know the people. I kind of yep. know that part of town. Uh, it's gonna be a weird potato salad right like am i bringing food is food provided if you're new like are you expected to bring something do people bring like like hot dogs or do people bring like filet mignon like what are we talking about here it's every everything is a question and then you roll in and you're like i don't like these people or i don't or or just more more neutrally i don't know these people so they're gonna dive into a time of studying the word how is this challenging me and you're like i don't know how safe it is to open up in this group so everything is weird um that's a good reason to be reluctant it's not a good reason to stay out of a group but it's a really normal feeling yes and i think that's that's another one of those things where you just kind of like where i was at when i came in and i just looked at it and thought i need this i need this for me um and i need to be in a community i have a conviction that that I need to be part of a church and attendance on Sunday morning is not part of a church. That's part of an event. Um, it's a, it's a piece of part of a church because that is the preaching of the word that is corporate worship. But if that's all you're doing, it's a, it's the least invested way. Um, and, and so you essentially just have to look at your, they kind of look yourself in the mirror and go, the risk isn't that great. Like what's the worst that can happen? It's awkward and you leave. Yeah. Oh, too bad. You know? the idea of church body is that I am pouring into it with everything I have Mm -hmm. and everybody else who I'm connected to is pouring into it with everything they have, which means by the math, if there are five people in a group and I'm pouring in, that means I'm getting four other people pouring into me. And so, so that there should be a net gain or everything you pour out, you get filled back up. And so that, that's what people miss because they look at it and like, this is a sacrifice. Yeah, it is. You're giving up something, but you're also getting back so much. And the purpose is bigger than you, right?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I could not agree more. Yeah, it's very important to realize that when when you give of your time and uh, your your efforts, uh, that that is given back to you. That the best way that you can that you can receive blessing and uh, and community and encouragement from the church is you giving it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the people who who don't want to put anything in well you're you're sacrificing the thing that would be the very best for you right right um i want to give of myself here because i know that that's going to be exactly what i need and that's right. what's going to be given back to me right completely agree um keeping just kind of in the vein of church mm-hmm. um especially with who your dad is and I know the <laughs> events and the uh the situations that you must have found yourself in um I am sure that uh, you above possibly any of the guests that I have had so far have those stories Right. You have the unforget <laughs> you have yeah. the unforgettable moments, the uh just kinda like the what in the world is happening right now, uh, in regards to church. So question, Barnabas. Uh pull back the screen a little bit for us of uh either it could be something from your childhood or mm-hmm. something that happened recently. Give us one of the most
1: unforgettable or funniest church experiences that you have ever had. Yeah, they that's interesting because on the church side, I feel like my upbringing was kind of normal for pastor's kids. In the sense okay. of like things that happened in in the walls of the church were just kind of normal. So there was okay. How like
0: about the conference side.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> or, yeah, the 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 famous Christian side, which like, saying that yes. phrase makes me want to go like get some scope and rinse my face oh, out.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's true.
1: No, I mean said, so like, when yeah. I was in high school, uh probably I was maybe Freshman or sophomore in high school, I think. My dad uh, walks into the kitchen one morning and he's like, "I have a lunch meeting today. You might want to come." And I was like, "Why would I want to go to a lunch meeting with you? Those <laughs> like that sounds boring. That's that's second only to like lunch and learn on the boring scale." Um, yeah, right. And and he's <laughs> like, well, he's like, well, we got a call from some band, uh, and a couple of their guys are in town." And they wanted to grab lunch and talk about some missions type of things. Okay. He's like, I think the guy's name was Dan Hasseltine and whatever. So it's the lead singer of Jars of Clay. Sure. And then I think there was, so it was like Dan, I think a guy named Steven. And then um, and then their bass player at the time, I think, is, I think his name's Aaron. And like they were in town and wanted to pick my dad's brain about, I don't know, theology, mission, whatever. Okay. So, for listeners who are younger or uh, were not into the Christian music scene, yeah. in the late 90s and early 2000s, Jars of Clay was huge. They were
0: the band.
1: And it's, yep. to be fair, they were also one of the only Christian bands who didn't make crappy music, too. Like they were. Sure. Um, so, this was. <laughs> they, Looking at you, third day yeah, yeah. <laughs> well wait a minute third day was okay looking at you oh let's they're, not let's not name names this is gonna get ugly they're, fast they're this, the christian
0: creed but that's okay yeah let's let's go for it they are yeah. the christian pearl
1: jam oh they predated oh. creed so, okay all right all right with a southern yeah, rock I ac- twist i could accept that also yep, also use my last name yeah. to meet them at one point as well so um <laughs> Sorry. that may I, have I happened too <laughs> so so we go to you know and But then to to bring in classic John Piper into the meeting of Jars of Clay, my dad decides to have his assistant set up lunch at Olive Garden. So, (laughs) like, it's not a cool place. This is
0: turning into an episode of The Office. Yeah,
1: it's. (laughs) Yeah, my dad is like uh, is like Michael Scott, except. X, except well, no, he's not at all like Michael Scott, but he has sort of the the social norms awareness of a Michael Scott, just not in any inappropriate ways. Um, sure, sure, sure. And so, so here we are sitting at Olive Garden with like you know you got your your bottomless salad and breadsticks and like That's just right. yep. Stouffer's pasta that they overcharge for, yep. talking to like I think they're Grammy Award winners. They were definitely multiple Dove Award winners. Like oh, just kind so. of the peak Christian yeah. music people. And then right. just like getting in our used Honda and driving home as if nothing had happened, and I, and I think my dad didn't even know who they were. Yeah. I think he kind of knew that the band, ex- like what that the band was, but it just so it it was it was surreal in the moment. Right. In retrospect, it's super weird.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like like you pictured yourself walking into Olive Garden, knowing yeah. who everybody is. Like okay, there's a table with John Piper, jars of clay and a high school kid who doesn't look like he wants to be here. Right.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and what is going on? And I distinctly remember thinking this conversation is boring. Like yeah. I, I have things I would like to ask these guys about and it has nothing to do with this stuff. And I mean, they are, they were, I'm sure they were kind and gracious to me. I have no negative impressions in, in retrospect, but yeah, they were not right. interested in my presence at all. Um, no. Other than like polite, like, Oh, he brought them along. So then, yeah. okay, so those, that's right. one story. The other, this is this is probably the coolest thing that happened because okay. because right. my dad is famous. Um, yes. Christian yeah. famous, right. again.
0: Christian famous. So
1: my, yeah. my dad's know, like... He
0: did speak at Microsoft. Like, Microsoft knows who he is, so... You he, know, 11 people that.
1: there do or something, yeah. <laughs> um... He probably walked in and was like, guys, I use Apple. Um,
0: Here's the thing. You just ruined any any chance at all that I had of getting your dad here on the podcast. So, <laughs> it's like, wait, you had my son first? Oh, yeah, sorry. I
1: can't. I, that, I don't think that would hurt. He likes me. Um, but no, so he his first few books, so Desiring God, Pleasures of God, Future Grace, yeah. all were published with Multnomah. Okay back before it was purchased and became part of the the Christian conglomerate of whatever, but sure, sure, but Multnomah's publicist slash author relations person was a former NFL player whose name I can't remember. I want to say it was okay. Keith something or other, but um again, my dad and his totally doesn't understand that this is a big deal way mm-hmm. you know, we're sitting there having lunch or something. he's like, ah uh, would you like would you have any interest in going to a Vikings Packers game? Because Keith was like, he can get us tickets or something. And I don't know. Would that be fun? <laughs> and I was like, are you nuts? Of course. Like, I never course got to go I to went. games, even though we lived three blocks away, because they were always on Sundays. And like, right? They, that, right. that was a no-fly zone. Yep. So yep. it turns out it wasn't just going to a game. It was going to a Monday night football game at Lambeau Field, <sighs> Vikings-Packers, which if you're an NFL fan, you know that that is a longstanding and heated rivalry. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they, and I'm a, I'm a
0: diehard Packers fan.
1: Okay. Well, you so, might remember so, this game. So this so, this story is yeah. about to get better. Um, yeah, so it is. Yeah. This the, is so home. take all of that. Not only that, they're going to fly us up there. So we go to the little regional airport, get in like a six-seater. Wow. It's, it's, it was probably like an hour and a half flight, but it would have been like a five or six-hour drive, something sure, like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, So yeah. they fly us up there. The It's like the box seats in Lambo. So not the luxury box, but like the ones that are behind the glass. So it's sort of theater-style yeah, seating, right. which is great because it's pouring rain. Yeah. Uh, so it's an October game. It is 1998, which means okay. the Packers had at that point something like a 36-game home winning streak. Brett Favre was right. at the peak of his powers. They Brett were Favre. maybe a year or two removed from their World, or World Series Super Bowl uh, right. championship. And this was Randy Moss's rookie year. And when he okay. introduced himself to the country as the greatest wide receiver in the NFL— at that yeah. point. And the Vikings just beat the brakes off the Packers. Yeah. Which for a, what was I? 14 year old kid on in enemy territory, right. watching my favorite team who I thought was going to be decent, but you know, you didn't know, but this is the year the Vikings went 15 and one broke all the scoring records. They just, right. right. It was, it was the peak, peak athletic enjoyment experience of my right. life to this day. And uh, all because my dad wrote "Desiring God," so yeah. <laughs> uh, not sorry, Packers fans. Um, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that okay. was just spectacular. It was so much fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that that's fantastic. Well, the only thing more heated that I have found between other than Packers and Vikings that that is a big one. You've got the, the Packers and Seahawks. Have turned into a. Is that because of the Hail Mary what? game or something like that? Yes, ever okay. since which the Packers caught, the Packers caught that. i sorry, you're, you're going to get me riled, but but yeah, yeah I don't know, no, 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 I, no, Packers caught it. It was, but then ever since then, yeah, it's Seattle and Packers. It's huge over here. I mean, and I'm I, the only I Packers just, fan.
1: I just gravitate towards whichever side leaves Packers fans unhappy. It's not very Christian <laughs> of me, but uh, but here we are. Again, uh, more, more confessions. In <laughs> all Christian love, I hope it's a miserable season for you.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you. Same, same to you. I don't, <laughs> yeah, it's I don't mutual. Know, I don't know. Feelings are I mutual, I don't have right? anything to say to that. I like, right. appreciate that. All right, Barnabas. Well, we are almost done, my friend, but uh, not quite. Now, we're moving on now to a segment we call Monday Hot Takes, and this is when I give you a bunch of random questions, all right. and you give me the very first thing that pops into your head. It's like are the Rorschach
1: test of questions. All
0: right. It's like the Rorschach test of questions. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold it up. You tell me what you see. Okay, all right. Here we go. Uh, we're going to start off with an easy one here. Favorite band or musical artist that you're really into
1: right now? Gary Clark Jr. Uh, oh, okay. So I've he heard is of a him. blues, R and B, rock yes. type of guy. So sort of B.B. Uh, King, Luther Allison meets Jimi Hendrix, but with okay. a voice that sounds a little bit more like Marvin Gaye.
0: Very cool. Very he cool. kills. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. uh, Let's see. (laughs) What's the worst book you've ever read?
1: Well, okay. So uh, one of the podcasts I do is called Table of Malcontents. It is three middle-aged white dudes talking about books. And so we decided to branch out. We decided to collectively read The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks because thought that would be an engaging conversation. Mm. It is the most abysmal pile of words (laughs) <laughs> I have ever encountered that I can recall. It is hot, so
0: steaming pile of words. Just yeah.
1: yeah, and it is a pile of words because they it, when you put them sequentially the way he did, it's just it's horrific. So yeah. yes, I think it's the notebook.
0: All right, Barnabas. Besides war and diplomacy, what would be the best way for countries to settle disputes?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of like an athletic competition that that would be relatively like tug of war would be good long darts. yeah I mean yeah like b- bo- Bocce Bocce would be good bo- bocce. Hey, like you br- yeah, bring your bocce best tournament. Bocce but I think I think tug of war because it still has the sort of combative feel to it that's true I mean, that's every true. country must have a number of large strong people
0: right right yeah and they're just trying to like pull each other into a big pile of sanctions right yeah tug of war <laughs> I, I would I think I would vote for that all right all right love it all right what is
1: one incredibly common thing that you have never done? I have never watched an episode of Lost. How's that? Which for hey, pe- for, people you and me both. Mi- for people in their for people in their mid thirties like me, that was such a phenomenon that that seems uncommon to me that I've never done that. Right.
0: Okay, what is one topic you could give a twenty minute presentation on without any prep?
1: The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, any of go. the books that I've written. The Minnesota Twins. Um, podcasting. I mean, yep. I basically talk for half of a living and all of my yeah. side gigs. So 20-minute presentations. Honestly, you could probably throw me a subject and I can make something up for 20 minutes. Hey, there you go, man. It's a gift the art and a yeah. It
0: is. That's how I got through college. Okay. What's something that a lot of people are missing out on because they don't know about it? Dude, I would say the
1: blues. I, that's where I was going because the other I, artist... I love the The blues other artist that I have listened to that I love, uh, but he doesn't have as much of a catalog is a guy named Stone Kingfish Ingram who is 20 Kingstone years old. Kingfisher. He's 20 years old from from a small town in Mississippi, and he's just, he's a savant. Uh, and he's he's like classic blues. Not uh, yeah. So it's not sort of a blues-influenced something else. Yeah, um,
0: like a Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of classic, I mean, well, he,
1: kind of he, like that? Or, uh, so D. D. His, he has one album called Kingfish, and he okay. plays he has songs that sound like buddy guy he has songs that sound like stevie ray vaughn he has songs that sound like you know your deep mississippi delta blues from back in the day your bb king yeah. kind of more chicago kansas city type of thing so right. and he just does whatever i saw him live at a at a venue here in nashville and he you was you shared a video yes, of it yeah he's he's about he's about 59 and yeah. and 59 wide as well yeah 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 and just owns yeah,
0: very cool, awesome. All right, we'll keep it in the vein of music, real quick.
1: What's the worst genre of music? Bro country. <laughs> yeah, and it's not close. I mean, thank you. I I I, if, I love that answer. If forced to right. listen to like bad CCM or bro country, I would pick bad CCM.
0: Uh, all right, what wastes most time in your day to day life?
1: Social media. Uh, all right, what do you resent paying for most? I think oh, tolls, toll roads. So, mm, they, we don't have we them go. in Nashville, but I live in the Chicago area, and paying to drive on a road just feels like, I don't know, it feels like usury.
0: They tax you to build the roads, mm-hmm. and then they charge you to drive on the road that that, that, that you, you have paid, paid for, to it, build. Right, right, that's that you right. you have paid for. So, yeah, it's that and uh, national parks for me. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brian what fashion trend needs to be brought back? Um,
1: leisure suits. <laughs>
0: leisure suits. Yep. Oh man. All right, what is one of your favorite scenes from any movie?
1: Oh man. Um, all right, first one that comes to mind the fireworks scene in The Sandlot. The 4th of July.
0: Okay. You know, all right. it was
1: the one night game a year. Just yep. The Sandlot is in my top It's top 2 or 3 movies okay. of ever. And that scene, that that movie is full of wonderful scenes, but that scene is spectacular. Okay. Quick, quick uh, offshoot question: What where do you stand on the movie The Goonies? So I didn't see The Goonies until like last year. Me, uh, me too. So okay, yeah, I, and it'd been hyped up my entire life. Well, so here's the, the thing: greatest movie ever. It's it's an it's an era specific movie. So I think if you yeah. missed it in the eighties to mid nineties, you know, kind of that coming of age time, you know, like if right. I had watched it when I was twelve, it might be a favorite. Watching yeah. it when I was 35, um, yeah. it's you know, it's like I it's like it watching weird. anything from the 80s. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a weird time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. That's so fair. Let's yeah, just say I'm withholding judgment either. because I feel like if, if you needed to intersect <laughs> with that at just the right time yeah no
0: no no that's fair that's fair
1: all right Barnabas. if you were a pro wrestler what would your entrance song be the funny thing is all i can think of is other pro wrestlers entrance songs from playing like (laughs) wwe versus wcw on n64 back in the day um right (laughs) ride on our enemies by tupac
0: oh okay
1: very cool i like it
0: that yep that would work
1: all right coffee or tea coffee black
0: Black, black, all right. What is something about current Christian culture that's annoying to you? One thing, Barnum. Celebrity.
1: Thing.
0: Yep, it's the, the whole celebrity yeah. movement thing. Yep, I agree. Very cool. All right, uh, let's see. If you could close, if you had to close one fast food chain, which one's closing? Um, White Castle. White Castle. Ooh, you made a lot of people mad there. I mean, I haven't been that's to White Castle
1: I... in like 20 years, but I can still smell it, and I think occasionally still burp it up, so yeah, it needs yeah. to go. <laughs>
0: What's what's one food that you could not live without? Uh, beef, uh, just just beef. Yeah, the yeah. whole
1: cow. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not picky, but it provides yeah. so much goodness.
0: All right, favorite movie? You said you had like a top three. So,
1: yeah, like, if so it's easier you can go top three. Yeah, so, the, so the Sandlot, there. the Sandlot would be up there. The Godfather would be up there. Oh, uh, Godfather one Wait, and two are kind one, of one and two. Yeah, God three never happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see. <laughs>
0: kind of like the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Princess Bride would be in the top top 3 to 5 oh, as well.
0: Great movie.
1: Um I think probably those 3. All right, Nuts and Cookies, yes or no? Absolutely not. That was oh, almost almost you. got me to swear about that one. Thank you. All right, Barnabas, if
0: you uh, if you had to do karaoke, what would be your karaoke song?
1: It would have to be an 80s ballad. I probably yes. Meat Loaf's so I Would Do Anything For Love. <laughs> I love it. Well, Barnabas, we have come to the end of the
0: podcast, my friend. Before uh, we we get going here, I just want to roll out the red carpet for you. Go ahead and tell people where they can find you, where they can get books, where they can listen to you.
1: Yeah, so I have – my website is just BarnabasPiper.com, and it is – you know, it, it's where we host our podcast, The Happy Rants. You can find out more about books there. I'm on Twitter, at Barnabas Piper. The books are... Actually, my first two books are out of print right now, temporarily, because they're moving from one publisher to another. So, The Pastor's Kid and Help My Unbelief, they're copies out there. But if you wait until early next year, they will be re-released from The Good Book Company. Um, and so, kind of with some fresh content and things. And then The Curious Christian is my third book, and it's available... Um, I don't know, wherever you buy books. So
0: Well, hey, everyone, you know what you can do. You can head on over to iTunes and leave us a raving review, five-star rating. We really appreciate that. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Head on over to Facebook.com slash Everyday Monday Podcast, Instagram at Everyday Monday Pod. I just now realized how much like Doctrine and Devotion I sound. By rattling that off as fast as I do.
1: I've never listened was, to them, so I have no idea. I'll take your fine. word for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: they 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 do this. It's really fast at the end, and I'm just realizing now I sound like
1: that. To be it's, fair, if Jimmy it's is talking, it's always fast. Like he just he's always and it's Jimmy that does motor it mouth, yeah, so.
0: that's it, yeah, true. That's true. Well, thank you all for joining us in the trenches today. We will catch you on the next step of every day on Monday.